know, uh, Brother uh, Jim and I, we've had extensive uh, practice and worship of the Lord, just, uh, just uh, him and I and uh, a few others. Jesus said, when two or three are gathered, there am I in the midst. And just as Josh turned on the recording, so <laughs> is there a heavenly recording? And uh, you will be rewarded Amen. for your faithfulness and worship. Amen. Amen. You know, you can sit down. Uh, it's important to, to spend time worshiping the Lord, getting your mind focused on Jesus. I work at a noodle factory uh, eight hours a day, and I, I stand in one spot. I take the box of noodles off the, off the uh, <coughs> conveyor belt, and I put them on it. And then all day long, I, I, I stand in one spot, and no one else likes to do that because you don't talk to anybody when you don't converse, and it's, it's very difficult on the hands, but I have learned, I studied it, and I have learned how to handle those boxes with the least amount of stress on my hands, and I can do it for full eight hours, and, and I'm not getting crippled up. Uh, so I studied the job, but it gives me a wonderful opportunity to keep my mind on the Lord and to practice the presence of the Lord and to sing songs of the Lord and to meditate on His glories. And you know, eight hours is just not enough to spend time in the presence. And you get your mind on the Lord and to stay there is the most wonderful thing you can do on this earth. The second most wonderful thing is to come together in the congregation of the Lord. I come to church so that I'm not lonely. I'm getting up in years, you know, and if I stayed home, I'd be a lonely old man watching the TV, and I don't drink beer, so, you know, usually you're you're sitting on the couch drinking a beer and watching the football game, bored out of your gourd, just waiting for time to pass by. But to keep your mind on the Lord fills your soul with sugar and spice and everything else. Amen. I was listening to, and it was a little cold in here. I turned the heat right when it warmed the place up. And I was reflecting in my mind's eye as an artist illustrator. I can, I can visualize pretty clear. You know, a lot of my pictures come this way. But I remember in a time in the Bible when Jesus, after the resurrection, <coughs> Peter said, I think I'm going fishing. And so he got the guys together because they were fishermen and they went out and they fished the whole night and caught nothing much new. <laughs> and so they came up the shore all reject, uh, rejected, you know, and, and forlorn and they were 
No doubt they were reflecting on those marvelous days where they walked with the Son of God and saw the miracles and the power and the glory of the magnificent and his glory to show And uh, they see this solitary figure out on the shore and he calls with a voice that's able to travel time and space. It enters into their souls and into their ears, and Jesus says, throw the men on the right side. And all of a sudden, goosebumps. Uh, goosebumps are important. To feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And you should feel the presence of the Lord. You should feel the holy heat coming into your soul. And Jesus had a fire there and fish there. He was all prepared for them. And he said, throw the net over on the right side. And they did, and they, got, they caught that huge crop, and they said, oh, we know who that is. We know it's the Lord. So they came ashore and sat amongst the, the sand and began to warm themselves with the fire that Jesus Christ himself and the fish that were cooking there, and they had a wonderful breakfast, and the Lord says, come and dine. Come and dine. Don't be alone. Don't allow that coldness to creep into your soul. But on the road of Emmaus, you know, after the resurrection, uh, it, was a, it was a terrible time. I think we're in kind of a lull right now, where we're, we're between revivals and moves of God, and we're kind of in a limbo land, land of uh, a time of darkness and shadows and uncertainty, and it's time to focus in on who it's all about, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And I wanted to study a little bit read a little bit about uh, the book of Romans. The book of Romans was all about righteousness. And you can turn to Romans chapter 4, and I'm going to uh, read some of this. But the, uh, the book of Romans is one of the foundational books of the Bible. And the apostle Paul began to reveal what must I do with this man called Jesus? How do I apply the blood? How do I learn to live the life? How I how can I experience and put the practical use on an everyday uh, presence what the Lord had done? Amen. And uh, so he says, chapter four. What shall we say then? That Abraham our father as pertains to the flesh has found. For if Abraham were justified by works, he had thereof to glory, but not before God. For what said the scriptures? Abraham believed God. And it was counted unto him for righteousness. That is a foundational scripture. That means so much 
to believe God and it's counted for righteousness. And he begins to break it down the whole book of Romans, chapter after chapter after chapter, goes through steps to explain that. He says, now to him that worketh it is reward, not reckoning of grace, but of death. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also described the blessedness of the man on whom God imputed righteousness without works. And he says, on him that justifieth the ungodly. You know, in this life, you're never going to be perfect. You can try, you can fast, you can read the Bible, and you can look in the mirror of the Word, and the Word says you are not perfect. You always fall short of the glory of God. And the Apostle Paul went to great lengths say, not only you Jews, fall short of the glory of God because you're unable to keep the law. The law just says that you're a sinner, that you need the Messiah. You need the ever-living blood sacrifice of the Messiah. And it goes into the book of Romans and only the blood of Jesus can wash away our sin. And by faith in his blood, do we know that our sins are forgiven? So it talks about this mysterious gap. You know, we agonize about the gap. That gap where you try and you repent and you try out there God and you witness and you pray and you fast and you still fall short. And you come to the altar and you say, Lord, what must I do to be saved? And the Lord said, believe on me. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and repent of your sins and you shall be saved and your whole household, all that believe in him, repent of their sins and live the life that call upon the name shall be saved. God! will cover that gap. Amen. And you should believe in your heart and in your soul that the robes of righteousness that comes through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ covers you and your gap is covered. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Because your gap is covered. Your sins are covered. Rejoice and be glad. Hallelujah. Come in this blessedness upon circumcision. Only upon the uncircumcision also. But we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was it reckoned? When he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in uncircumcision. Uncircumcision, but in uncircumcision. Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. And he says, verse 11, And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of righteousness, of faith which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe. 
It wasn't the cutting away of the natural flesh, but it was the operation of the spirit. And it says later in other parts of the book of Romans, it says, if you walk in the spirit, you fulfill the law of sin and death. When you when you pray and get your mind on the Lord and feel feel the Lord moving in your soul and you intercede for others. When you walk in the spirit, you you're you're that gap is covered. You fulfill the law of sin and death. He said, when you love your neighbor, you you fulfill the works of the law. Yeah. Thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not covet, thou shalt not steal. Don't be meanful, hateful, backbiting, gossip, don't steal, rip. Rip off your employees, and the list goes on and on and on and on. If you put away these iniquities and you love your employees, you love your neighbor, you love your animals, you love your wife, you love your children, you just love, 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 love. You're sick of it. You know that's why they hated Barney the dinosaur? I love you. Love me. We're a happy family. And they hated Barney the dinosaur. Just drove them nuts. Something so sweet and so loving. And Barney the dinosaur would teach love and kindness and culture and classical music. And and, uh, and finally, finally, the world could not tolerate it anymore. And one day on a parade, Ford Barney the dinosaur. His thing was about six semi trucks long on Macy's parade, and a wind caught it, and, and poor old Barney collapsed. And they folded him up, and they said on the newspaper, "The death of Barney the dinosaur." <laughs> well, this whole world just can't stand love, you know, and. Whenever in a situation, whether when it comes to my renters and when it comes to a situation at work, the Lord taught me, He said, You just do the most loving thing and you'll pass the test. Love covers a multitude of sin, a multitude of shortcomings. Just to feel the love of God. And to feel the heat, that holy heat of the love of God. He said, He said, if you're lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. Repent and do your first works. Eat up for the Lord. Pray to where you feel that holy, your body may be cold, and your soul may be weak, and you may have a headache. But pray until you feel that holy heat and you that are filled with the Holy Ghost come the fire set upon each other. They begin to speak with tongues as the Spirit gives them. It's that Pentecostal experience when you begin to feel that holy heat. Get close to the fire. Jesus said to his disciples, come around boys and get close. Warm up to the fire of God. Warm up to my love. Let's have some fellowship. Let's talk like the old days. And the Lord said, I go away. 
And as much as the disciples love walking with Jesus, they just long for those days. On their whole life, they they just, I remember I walked with the Son of God in our hands and handle of the word of life. And John says, yes, I put my head on his chest and felt the heartbeat of the Son of God. And as precious as that is, Jesus said, he said, well, I can only be that intimate with a few because it's just physically impossible. But he says, I go away and I will send the comforter. Hallelujah. And we have the opportunity and we can just get as close to the Lord Jesus Christ as you want to. He says, get close to me and I'll get close to you. You feel far away and you made the steps backwards. He said, come unto me, all ye that are labor and heavy laden. I will give you. Take my yoke and learn of me. Learn of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about him. All Amen. the Bible is bold. And, and it's all about Christ. Christ Amen. in you. The hope of glory. Christ in you crucified. Amen. Amen. Later on it talks in this chapter about dying out the sin. Taking care of that gap. Dying out the sin. Walking in righteousness. Walking in the spirit. Feeling the love of God. Amen. Verse 16, it says, Therefore it is by grace that ye might be saved. To the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to them only that is of the law, but also that which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. The word is so beautiful. You know, I have a Bible app on, it, on my smartphone, and I just listen to the Bible over Hours and hours, I, I go to sleep listening to it. I had these, I had a dream, and in my dream, uh, these characters would come up, and they were they were all speaking the Bible. And the one, one, I was talking to this one guy, and he had a situation with his wife, and he was having problems, you know. And then he started, he started quoting the Bible, word for word, and in his beautiful voice, and it was a recording coming through the dream. And this guy was had wisdom and strength. It gets in the subconscious. The word of God should be a part of you. It should be flowing you. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Amen. Amen. And if you're not exposing your soul and your ears, faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. And hearing and confessing the word of God, every promise belongs to you. Amen. Amen. Hearing and confessing the promises of God, making them yours. He said, go out into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen. The story of Jesus. But first, live it in your life. Amen. He says, that is it's written, verse 17. I have made thee a father of many nations. Amen. You know, a pastor, Mitchie, comes from a family of missionaries. 
And they know what it is to, and this church does too, to adopt cultures from different backgrounds to bring them in. And they retain their cultures, they retain their, their uh, uh, languages and their style of dress. But there's a common entity that brings us the family, apostolic. The women wear long dresses, the men don't. I think that's a good thing. And, uh, you know, the, I do disagree with the shaving off of the beards. I, you know, that, that's the thing, you know. But we over we overlook a lot of things. But we have this common bond. We're baptized in Jesus' name. We're filled with the Holy Ghost. We speak in tongues. We love one another. We come together and we strengthen each other. He said, a father of many nations. Amen. He believed in even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. That is the power of faith. Amen. And I'm going to jump up here. It says, verse 19, talking about Abraham. There's a lot of detail. I mean, I was kidding with uh, Pastor Nixon when we were talking with the other elders. I said, yes, I, I think we'll go on a six-hour marathon. Because I was reading this uh, book of Romans, and each chapter, each verse speaks volumes to me because I've been studying it for 30 years, and I get more out of it now than when I once began. It becomes more rich. The details are coming together. You know, that's just the way it is when you exercise yourself in any discipline. If you're an artist, finally the lines and the colors and the techniques, they all come together. And just before you all get it together, it's time to die and leave this world to go until your next job. See, this life, this life is just a resume of the next work. People forget that. And that's why as you get older, you intensify your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and you want a you want to be like Popeye, strong to the finish. Because you eat your spinach. Amen. You eat of the word of God. You want to be strong to the finish. Amen. Because you, if you're strong, he's going to say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter ye into the joys of the Lord. Amen. You have a better job to do. You were faithful over a few. Be rulers, kings, and priests over city. There is a Spectacular beyond our, our imaginations and those that really had visions of the next world. They were they were really challenged to try in language to put it down. Ezekiel, as intelligent as he was, John the Revelator, as intelligent as he was, really fell short and just had a hard time trying to explain the glories that we shall 
that we shall have. Amen. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, but he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yeah, your your body gets older and weaker, and and uh, you know, and your your talents at best fall short of the of the task at hand. Here you're supposed to do this job. You're not smart enough. You're not tall enough. You're not good looking enough. You know, you don't have enough money. You don't have enough resources to do what, what you think that should be done. Let me tell you something that the Lord has showed me. In, in the layers of reality, we have this world that's going chaotic. And I mean that as helter, skelter, as nuts and cuckoo as you can get. The government is cuckoo, the, the economy, inflation, and and all this misinformation about the COVID and the, you know, all these weird different stories on the internet, it just confused. And then you get down to another level where uh, where we're at and uh, we're living by faith and we're blindly trying to muddle through this world. And then, and then there's another layer below us and that's the devil, the demonic spirits and, uh, and this COVID has a demonic spirit side to it. And I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I come against that demonic spirit that is afflicting this church and the family and the kids. And I rebuke Jesus' name. I pay the glory of it. Cease and desist. Amen. Then you drop down another level and it's all perfect. And that is the level of the kingdom of God in the, in the heavenly heavens where Satan isn't messing around. And it is perfect. I'm talking about time and eternity. God's got everything mapped up before the foundations of the world. Every saint that will be saved is written down in the Lamb's book of life. And there's references to that all through the word of God. And it is absolutely perfect. And it is, it is syncopated in time and space. And, and it's segmented and organized and everything. Yeah, you would take a microscope and it would be absolutely perfect. You get down to the atoms and the, and the quantum physics and all that stuff I don't understand, you know. And it is absolutely perfect. Amen. And God is in total control and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And when you get in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, you dip below the surface of the chaotic experiences of this world and enter into the perfect peace that passes all understanding and know that I am God and that I am in control that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And perfect peace that passes all understanding enters into your soul. And my soul says, I am at rest. It is well. It is well with my soul. And Abraham knew that. And it says, verse 20, he staggered not. 
at the promises of God through unbelief. But was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And when this world throws you for a loop and you get sick and tired and unemployed and, and you get in car wrecks and bumps and bruises and your weak little mind becomes discouraged and uh, and uh, and phobias and fears and what have you try to creep in and spoil your cooking. You know, you take a, I, I, I eat a special diet. I believe that if I change my diet, my health would improve, and I did, and it has. Amen. My energy after many, many years returned unto me, and rather than retire early, I went back to work. But you have to believe God for your finances, for your health, and do the steps. Amen. He said it was the steps of Abraham. He said, he said, but who also walked in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham. There are steps to be taken, steps of faith. But first you gotta know. First you gotta hear. First you gotta believe and act upon it. Walk the steps. He says he staggered not at the promises of God. You gotta know the promises of God through unbelief but was strong in faith giving glory to God and being full fully persuaded that he had what he had promised he was able to perform and being fully persuaded are you fully persuaded that what he has promised he is able to perform absolutely Amen. Is it God's will to Absolutely. The, all the promises of God are yea and amen. You have to believe it. And the man said, I, I brought my lunatic son to your disciples, and uh, they couldn't cast him out. And uh, and uh, Jesus said, well, tell me about it. You know, he says, well, when he was a child, and they were thrown in the fire and the water and tried to kill him. And I took him to your disciples, and uh, they couldn't cast him out. And Jesus rebuked the disciples, and he said, well, you just simply didn't push hard enough. you got to push your faith forward. you got to believe God. Stand on his promises. Believe God. Hallelujah. Standing on the promises of God. Amen. He is able to perform. Now therefore it is imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone, but it was imputed to him. But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised God, Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for us, and was risen again for our justification. First, uh, chapter 5, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace. We have peace. Come to a place of peace. Come to a place of rest. When you lay your head on the pillow 
come to a place of heavenly rest. Be still and know. Be still and know that I am God. We have peace with God. That gap is filled. Our sins are forgiven. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ. God manifested in the flesh. By whom we also have access by faith into this grace. Wherein we stand and rejoice and hope. Of the glory of God. And it goes on and on and on. It gets gooder and gooder and gooder. It gets from good, better to best. And you just dive into the word of God. Into the promise of God. He says, fill me. Till I can, can't stand. Amen. Now get alone with the Lord. And. Feel his love and feel his presence. Because we are just children. I was telling a friend of mine, he said there are five, there are ten essential things that you need to know. And, uh, and uh, uh, he listened to me. Oh, a lot of people don't listen to me. This and he said, I told him there are ten essential things that you need to know. Five of them you're aware of. Three of the five, you are fairly proficient. So that means way more than two-thirds, you are vulnerable. And vulnerable to attacks from Satan and from personal failures. So we just have to trust in the Lord. We are his children. We're not a bunch of academic uh, geniuses. We're not Ph.D. Uh, engineer experts in our field of living the life. We are just little children. And those of you that have children and grandchildren, don't you love your little children? Do you expect them to come home with a report card of all A's? You don't tell your five-year-old son, you know, son, I blew the transmission, can you go Fix it. Can you jack it up and pull it out? And uh, and I, I I had a friend of mine that was a, cha a transmission expert. He, he worked on them things for 40 years. Now, pretty much what they know is half obsolete because they're all computerized. You know, and it's a different story. But he, he almost blindfolded to take those transmissions apart. And he, just by feeling how they come together, you know, well, if I did a transmission part, I said, you know, I, I really was good at putting this transmission together. I even have parts left over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we are just children. And as a child of God, we have to curl up in the arms of our Heavenly Father, lay our head upon His breast, we can do that proxy of the Holy Spirit and have perfect peace that passes all understanding. Now, Heavenly Father, I pray for those here and I pray for those listening on the internet that they right now close their eyes, open up their heart, and receive all that you have have for them. Lord, that you love them and they love you. 
and that they know there's peace. Well, I hope you enjoyed the service, and uh, we, we do want everybody that's out there in internet land 